This is episode six of Dupe's Closet. Today we have a special guest. His name is Muggsy. Uh, he's going to go ahead and introduce himself. Hi, my, my name is Muggsy. It is just my name. Uh, I live in the back of a van, a camper van, a very small camper van. I have done for about seven months. And some years ago, perhaps 17 years ago, I went through an experience of a a mushroom trip, let's say, and my mind has been opened up somewhat, I can say, since then. Okay. Well, we, we both definitely share the transformative mushroom trip experience. And, um, you know, we, we've talked to a few guests on here uh, and that, that have touched on how... Um, how mushrooms really can catapult you outside of your your average day loop. Um, yeah. So if if you would if you would love to uh, to, to share that I story, can share, I, I, can, yeah. I can share you I can share you the experience, but it may not be what you might be expecting. Sure, sure. So I went round to uh, a friend's house a long time ago, and my friend uh, he happened to be a dealer of various different things um anyway he said Let, let's go to a, a field uh, we're going to find some mushrooms i said oh that'd be easy and i couldn't find them for, for looking but he found them straight away because uh, he knew what to look for he was quite an expert at it so we after getting back from the field he offered to make a, a mushroom coffee i didn't like tea so it was a mushroom coffee so yeah. he bought mushrooms and everything and um Whilst I was waiting for this all to be done, we had a couple of drinks. Um, I forget what it was. I think it was a couple of bourbons or something while we were waiting for this to happen. Um, and so it was ready. And I sat there drinking this mushroom coffee once it was done. And all I can remember is being in this room. It seemed like it, I was at a party. Like there was lots of people there. There was loads of like, loads, just loads of people. It wasn't a big house. But it seemed there were loads of people there. And I got transfixed by this toy box in the corner, and it seemed to morph into like a a little um, like a gnome or something. You know, it just and I, I was laughing and giggling at it and talking to it and all sorts of things. It's quite mad, really. It's quite crazy. Okay. Anyway, nothing nothing spectacular happened as such at that point. But after after it sort of when everything sort of died down, my heightened sense of color and all this stuff went down back to more as normal i looked around and I realized there was nobody else there the gnome had gone all the other people that were at this party there was no party there never was a party it was just me and my friend um i was like where did they all go he says, what, what what do you mean where did they all go there's nobody here so you're kidding me says there, there was like hundreds of people here a minute ago where have they all gone it was just bizarre and from that day on, my mind has been opened up so differently, um, or so, I'd say more widely, I guess, than previously. That's wild. Yeah. Like, so, 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 so these people, like, did they look like normal people? Just, or? Yeah, they were probably just people I would have been at, you know, if I'd have been at a party in that place, they would have been the people that would have been there if there was a party, but there wasn't. Huh. What oh, is Incidentally, right. just to let people know that if you can hear noise in the background, I'm in a car park in the back of my van. So uh, just to explain that to people. And just ignore it, guys. <laughs> I have to. Um, so, so, like, what if, 
what if like all those people were like some of your previous lives and they're like when you uh when you when you indulged in the mushrooms and the tea um or in the coffee like maybe maybe like that was like a party of like everything getting together and uh like whether whether you know you know unconsciously or consciously like they all kind of showed up and uh and you got you got to see behind the veil almost um, maybe maybe that could have been it. Um, did they feel familiar, or did they feel yeah. like strangers? No, it felt just felt like a familiar situation. It just felt like there was just lots of people there, but there wasn't. Did Did you get to have any like conversations with anyone? No, no, it wasn't quite like that. I was I was busy focusing on this gnome thingy, um, whatever it was, and I was just laughing and giggling at for ages. My, my friend apparently was in stitches at me, just sat there laughing at me. Uh, but you know but to me there was a party going on but i was focused on this thing in the corner so i didn't have any conversations with anybody it just it just felt like a familiar situation okay so let's let's talk about the thing in the corner then thing in the corner corner. well it was so so what did it look like i want to try to get a picture of this in my head it was like a square like kid's toy box okay bottom and a red top um, and there was something on top of it, but that was just like kind of turned into something that I, I can't really describe. It's, hmm. it's uh, I can only describe it as like a gnome or an elf or something like that. And it's just like it's so hard to describe. Hmm. Well, did, did it move or was it? No, was it? Like... It just it was just there, and I was having this like just joke at it, and just I just kept laughing at it, and I kept pointing back at me and I kept laughing at him and I kept pointing back at me and I kept laughing at him and it's, <laughs> it was crazy it was crazy it's um and that's all I can really remember about it to be honest there isn't much more to say it was just one of those mind-bending things you think well where are all the people going and what the heck was that in the corner wow you know, I just that's that's pretty crazy actually <laughs> when you when your mind bends right I think what wow. happens is it opens up some pathways that you weren't you, you didn't have access to before and so your your thinking pathways within the brain changes somewhat, and therefore you can see things differently. That, and, you know, I, I've never been able to uh, agree with the, the mainstream of anything since. You know, I mean, there are some things that, yeah, okay, they're general, like, physical reality, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, when you talk about mainstream media or anything like that, I, I just have a big distrust of it, full stop. So I can just basically see it through whatever it is they're they're trying to push yeah i actually um when when i got introduced to uh like holistic medicine such as mushrooms i i actually started to uh like i i've always kind of doubted the the mainstream and such but once once i really um gathered a lot of information and i actually had my mushroom trip uh the my ability to see through programming like increased on a different level you know what i mean i i feel like before before that uh that event i feel like i had all the information and it was all stored in my head uh but once i took the mushrooms i feel like uh my brain reassembled that information in almost like a passive awareness so like i didn't have it consciously in my head but like my my body definitely uh knows bullshit when it sees it now and uh it's never gone back and i, and I love it <laughs> You, it's it, when they say you wake up you don't go back to sleep you just don't you can't i mean you, you yeah. might have a relapse and sort of 
doze off for a while, which I did for a, for a couple of years, because I was kind of put into a position of trying to run a business and whatnot, and it just failed, whatever. But you know, it's just, yeah, I was kept getting dragged back into all this. I won't say spirituality type stuff, but truth seeking. Let's say to give it a broad term. You know, everything I've ever done, I always get pulled back to it. So, for example, before more recent events, I, I, I took off and left and lived with, without using money for two and a half years mm-hmm. um, on purpose, just to prove that it could be done. You know, essentially, it's just like, and I had in the back of my head, oh, this is going to, I might, it might, I might last two and about two or three years at this. I don't know how long it'll last, but I think about two and three years, just like as a side thought in the back of my head. I just yeah. that two and a half years is as long as it lasted. You know, it's, it, it wasn't because I couldn't keep doing it. That's as I could have done, but I just didn't want to at the time. So, but then I came back into the world again, and it was like, oh man, it was just, it was very hard, very hard to actually get back into the world after that one. That's for sure. I bet because like I, I you know because when for the only experience I have that can even come close to equivalating being off of off of money for two years would be like when I when I joined the military uh, because everything was so like structured and regimented when I went and tried to reintegrate with society it, it felt like I was you know uh, it, it felt like I lived under a rock actually and yeah. so I, I can only imagine it being like more so uh when when you're when you're you know living without money that's that's how did how did that like how did you take those steps to living that way like, well i i basically got everything i could together in terms of like camping equipment like you know because i was on foot i wasn't going to use money so i didn't have a vehicle um so i got as much stuff as i thought i would need and i, I went to go and join with a group of people down at stonehenge that's where we all met and I had this idea because I didn't really, I wasn't really that keen on this. He, he claimed not to be the group leader, but he, he was the group leader. You know, it's one of those, he, he was a proper narcissist, he really was. Wow. Uh, and he, you know, I thought, well, you know what? I think I'll be with this group for a while and then we'll all go our separate ways. And that's exactly what happened. Not on purpose. It was just one of those things. Uh, I ended up uh, in a position where my knees were giving me some grief because of the damp conditions we were in, because we were living in woods and things like that along, along, you know, as we went along. Okay. And before that, actually, before that, I'll, I'll take you back a little bit further. During this time, there was a time when the whole group was together in a particular wood near Stonehenge. And half of the group, or maybe two thirds of the group, decided they wanted to go off to Glastonbury to go and pick the uh, over the spoils of Glastonbury Festival. Okay. So um, the others of us were like, "Well, we, that's not what we came for. You know, we we came here to do this to show people it's possible to do this, right?" And so quite a lot of them went off and we stayed there we'll say we'll, we'll keep the camp we'll wait here for a while and then they kept saying oh we were, we'll be back that's you know they'd gone for a while and they ended up being gone for over a week and we were like we're just fed up with this we're not just sitting around waiting for them to turn up we'll go we'll, we'll go our own way so there's only a few of us probably about four of us five of us i think okay so we we went on our way right and we got going and then i came across a problem with my knees so i just decided i'm going to hitchhike to this place and we'll meet up there and I wait for, the, for those those are the four people to turn up. 
So anyways, I goes all the way to this place. It was an eco village place, um, which you normally have to book in to like have a like st- have a stay there or something. I didn't know this. So I was just like, I'll just turn up there and I'll pitch my tent and I'll wait for them to turn up and it will be fine. Okay. So I gets there. I gets there and um, they weren't so pleased at my presence because you're supposed to like book in and it's like booking a holiday if you like. Because you go there as a volunteer ordinarily. I didn't know that either. So anyway, I, I managed to convince them to let me stay a, a couple of nights. Uh, as it transpired, the people that I was with, one of them had gone elsewhere and disappeared. And the, no, there was only a three. No, there was four of us all together. So there was three. Um, the other two were a couple. And they decided to go home. Because um, I got a message through from somebody else telling me they've gone home. I'm like, oh, great. So I am going on my own. This is, this is now me on my own way. Oh. Uh, and I ended up in in a in a place in Wales, and I was sort of around that area for about two years. Um, well, it was over two years, about two and two and a quarter years, I think, at that point. For that point, so um, yeah, so the whole experience lasted two and a half years, and I worked for people for stuff. You know, I was sometimes I was living in a caravan at the back of a farm. Sometimes I'd be in somebody's guest bedroom or whatever, and Sometimes I'd just be camping rough, wherever. Um, but it was a really interesting experience. You'd be amazed yeah. at what people, at what, should I say, shops throw out. You'd be amazed. Um, the food, I, I used to have to skip dive sometimes. Not always. Um, if I was between places, let's say, and I was having to hitchhike and it wasn't doable in one day, I'd find a, like a local um, shop, do a skip dive, get enough food together, and you know i'd be fine i would get by it would be you know i always have this had this saying in my head the universe provides the universe provides it's like a mantra that i was using at the time and it just seemed to work mm-hmm. and did you and did you feel like you always have at least what you needed at oh the yeah time? Well, no, i mean if i mean that's the other thing I, I had in my head as well was, was if i didn't have everything i needed i wouldn't be breathing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you, you can take it down to that level, but it's is it it is it is what it is. as a saying that goes around a lot lately, but um, it is what it was. You know, and it was fine. It, I didn't panic, didn't get upset. It's just like, okay, what's next, and and move on, and that's that. You know, I got involved with some people. We put up like um, they had like some marquee or something that they'd hire out um, to festivals and things. So. Mm. Like, fun putting those up and it was a big marquee it was uh one of those ones you had to put up with a winch uh and it's like eight it was an eight man job okay this thing up so uh yeah i somebody put me in charge of actually erecting with the winch i said are you sure you want me to do this yeah you'll be fine you'll be fine oh dear (laughs) it came crashing down not the whole marquee but just this big metal pole it's huge uh, they weren't very happy, but I did say to them, "Look, this, this thing isn't working properly." And nobody came to help, and it just went bang, hit the floor. It's not like you didn't warn them. Uh, I tried to. I tried to warn them, but hey ho, it is what it was. Quite funny when you look back on it, but uh, yeah. So that all came to an end. Uh, I ended up going home. Well, not home. I went to my sister's, and then I tried to get a flat and so on um i also in between then and now i run my own small business for a while which 
which was interesting to say the least. Um, I'm not going into all the details of that, but it, it, it just didn't work. It just didn't work. Oh, I see. So, um, yeah, I, I tr- the problem is, is when I try and squeeze myself into the box that the, uh, the system wants you to, it just cracks me up, literally. Uh, I just can't do it. You know, I just don't work like that. It's just something I've never wanted to do either. I mean, I don't, I mean, I don't really, I don't really care about money enough to make it, you know, like, I don't know, like a psychopath would, for example, you know, they they would do anything to get that money, you know, stand over people and trample on things or whatever, just to do that because the money meant so, so much to them that I can't seem to do that. That's something I just, it's not in me. So, you know, I just do whatever I can when I can. That's it. Mm-hmm. I, 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 um, you know, I, I also feel that way when it, when it comes to competition, at least, uh, when, I, when I was younger, uh, it was really hard to get me to do, uh, like, anything that was, like, competitive for a prize. You know what I mean? Like, like you know how they, they try to entice kids to, to be competitive? I just wasn't like that. Like, yeah. I'd rather enjoy playing, you know, the, the act of playing instead of the, the competition. And I, and I never quite understood why people were so competitive. Yeah, and, this is what this is what I, I really don't get. Well, I do because I know how the conditioning happens with people. Um, but they say that you know competition it's, it's it's part of nature. Well, money's not part of nature, so the, why why do we need the competition? You know, it's it's very destructive in, in that in that way. To be honest, mm-hmm. Com- competition is is destructive like, because it makes people become psychopaths. Yeah, uh, I just think it's very unhealthy. I mean, okay, if you want to play a sport, for example, right? There's competition there. I get that. That that's that's for fun. That's not to try and make a living. There's a difference. Yeah. And, I, and so, in in that respect, I don't think it's actually very healthy to be competitive. Not because, you know, because you're going to make any more money by not being competitive. Because you won't necessarily. Uh, I mean, you might, but it, you know, it it isn't good in the long run for the, for, for everybody for, for humanity let's yeah. say I mean, just look well, at what it's now you know yeah and, and and even even the saying you know uh competition is is natural like it, that's actually like not really that true because if you look in nature you know there's animals aren't competing with each other to see who, who's got the highest kill streak or or nature yeah. would be out of whack you know, nature uses exactly what it needs. I mean, they, they talk about competition with animals in terms, I don't know, like uh, a lion and a pride trying to take the place of the, the head head lion or whatever, something like that. You know what I mean? They're not looking, at, they're not keeping tabs on, like you say, kill streaks or whatever, you know. <laughs> it's a yeah. kind of thing. It's not that competition. It's a different kind of competition. It's like uh, a hierarchical thing. Yeah. Uh, okay. I can see a hierarchy. Yeah, but in, but but I wouldn't call that competition. That's no, more. That's, that's, the, that's the only reason that you know. But that's what's put about in the, in the general like public school. You know, as you call public schools, yeah. call, uh, government I, schools or whatever. They they push this narrative in into people's heads that you've got to compete. You've got to compete. It's natural. You know, this is normal. You know. Yeah. You know, it's two equals five. You know that kind of mentality. It's just. I, and I and I think yeah, you, as you said, I I do believe that I that idea is is akin to a mind parasite, uh, because it, it siphons all your energy towards uh, a meaningless competition where where you give up literally all of your time, which is you know your life, well, uh, chasing this 
this fictional dollar. I mean, this is this is this is I mean, yeah. This is why one of the reasons why I looked at the the money thing and went without money for two and a half years because I thought, you know, we can do things. We just need to be nice to each other, right? You know, if you've got resources and you've got a little more than you need, then you can give it to somebody else. You know, even if in, they give you something in return, it doesn't have to be of the same value. It just has to have have enough meaning to be exchanged in the first place. But because uh-huh. we're so centered on facts and figures and, and things like this and balancing of books etc people have been conditioned that, that that's the only way they could do it yeah you know? and it was very hard when i was doing the no money journey i i you know somebody said to me how much does it cost to feed you for a week i said i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i'm not keeping tabs you know it's i'm not i'm not in that competitive state it's like you know so I'd, I, instead what i'd do is i'd write them a list of things that i wanted and they would just get me them. That was that was how it worked, you know. Yeah. I mean, they they still even set a budget, I and mean, it's like, well, I don't care about the budget. If, if you can't get me, you can't get me. I don't care what the reason is. I'm not about mm-hmm. that. You know? and it's quite funny. I got offered money a few times off off like random people. It's like I helped somebody with their with their push bike. Their yeah. Off. You know, I was just like, I didn't actually fix it even, right? And uh, the woman says, "Here, take this." I says, "No, I don't. I don't use money." Don't, no offense but i don't use money don't need the money I, I don't want it and they were like what really what you know it's it's happened it happened a few times uh, just in different situations but it's just people can't get their head around you can do things without money you know, I, I, I doesn't, think it doesn't take you money to walk across a room or anything like that so you know it's only because that we've been trained, you know, that's probably a bad analogy, but you know what I mean? To do anything, it doesn't cost, actually cost any money. It's a fiction. It just, it's just because we all agree that this, this little piece of paper or this screen says you have so many system credits, is what I was calling them at the time, system credit, yeah? Yeah. Um, and it, without those system credits, you're, you're broke, and the, the word broke you know that that always got to me. It was because I, I'm into the word the, the word magic thing, right? So like yeah. broke, it's, it's it's from broken. Yeah. So if you're broke, there's something wrong with you, right? So if something's broken, there's something wrong with you. If you're if you broke something, you know it's so when people say, "Oh, I'm broke," what you're actually affirming to you and the universe is that you're broke, right? There is something wrong. Hmm. This is how the, the, the mind games play, especially with, uh, with words. And it's, the English language is, is, is the worst language for it. I think it happens in other languages, but the English language, which is why it's the universal language across the world. You know, you can go to most countries and somebody in that country or quite a few people in each country at least will have an, an understanding or a knowledge of English language. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty global. Um, and, and honestly, I, I think you you raised up a really good um like point about the English language and the the self talk that it encourages. So like, yeah, without us even thinking, um, you know, the English language has these almost like double meanings with the words that um, if you because your because your subconscious doesn't really. Like it, it hears it hears also the like it hears the word, but it also like takes it under all the contexts as well. I I think at least because it's a supercomputer, your your subconscious, and so like when we talk and we're we're not really 
like mindful of what we're saying you you, you can be actually programming your your subconscious to to have a negative self-talk like like saying i'm broke like yes you're just kidding but you say that and um because of uh you know our our thoughts create reality uh when when you have that negative self-talk just kind of embedded into your language in general uh it, it makes you uh generate a reality that you that, that is the opposite of what you want and uh and i do believe that language has a large part in the uh in the reality trap that we we see ourselves in uh today and, yeah, and like i said it's, it's all mindset it's all self-talk but it, it really does encourage that like arconic uh you know how how do you talk to yourself inside your head uh speaking mm -hmm. it does it does uh, along with uh, other i mean i've spoken about this on uh, another video I, I did on my Bitshoot channel um, about, you know, how the they, the powers that shouldn't be, or even if you want to take it to the other level, the Archons or whatever you want to call them, you know, what they do with, you know, the, the let's say you watch a movie, for example, right? Your brain, your brain and your subconscious, it's always going, right? And if you sit in front of a movie and you get lost in it, you absorb all that information all of it every single bit so there are subtexts to uh, movie plot lines and all kinds of things going on that you might not pick up in fact i've watched so many videos before and then looked at them years later and going oh my god look at all that in there and look at those bits of things there and look at that symbology over here you kind of miss it when you're watching a film not in a you know when you're just in a trance-like state and yeah. you later with a critical mind and go actually i can see what they were doing with that and that's what people call predictive programming. Um, I call it reality hacking because when you can influence somebody's mind to that degree where they're lost in something, then what you, you are doing is that then project a reality because, as you said, you do create your own reality. Mm. So when they've got that in their minds, that's also part of that same thing, including with the language. That, because that's in your mind, you're then projecting it in some way, shape or form. And it doesn't work the same for everybody because everybody's, everybody's different. So, you know, there's different demographics to think about, but it does work overall. Mm -hmm. And and I, I yes, I, I completely agree with you on that one. And uh, I'm pretty sure with, uh, with a large percent of accuracy that yes, they are definitely hacking our realities through our TVs. It is literally the tell lies to your vision. But one of the things I explained to my, uh, my, my guests on the show is that um once you're once you're conscious of it though you can train your subconscious you, like you can mind like then you can mindfully like train yourself to to like use the tv to program yourself for good things you could and, you could, uh, you could. Uh, but if i can interject um, okay. the uh the point i was trying to get to i think was now i've lost my train of thought uh oh point i was trying to get to was they, they are obviously doing all this stuff that you know we, we're downloading information in, in, in terms of like what we watch and we see and everything else and i i don't think you necessarily need to train your mind for anything i think you can watch these things as long as you you remember that you're you're critically viewing this from a critical point right a critical viewpoint so you can criticize and you can use your critical thinking essentially if, as long as you know that's what you're doing and you're not just watching a, a movie mindlessly, I think that's that's absolutely fine. Because as long as you're aware you're doing it for research, for example, mm -hmm. you know you've got to look at individual parts of it, stop it, start it, all this kind of thing. If you're just in the, it's if you are just sat there mindlessly watching it, you know it's bubble gum for the mind, as I say. 
I see. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think you're right. Just consciously like knowing that like, Hey, like I, I do need to be conscious about the things that I am ingesting through my senses. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's very important. And, and I think, yeah, people don't understand that. Like when you, when you are watching TV, you're consuming, you're consuming media, you're consuming an audio visual diet and, and the things that you let into your, uh, your field that that comes into your body. So like you, you really have to make sure what you're watching is something that you truly do agree with and that you would want to see perpetuated in your world. Um, I know that's really hard out there because there's a lot of, uh, you know, video games, media, uh, garbage shows, just shows in general that are, uh, that can be violent, overly sexualized. And I'm not saying that none of these things have their place um, or uh, don't have a place in, in your world, but the fact that you understand that these things can be perpetuated in your world if you don't if you're not conscious of it uh yeah i agree with you it is extremely important yeah see um, the thing is, the thing is most people are completely oblivious to it They're, most people yeah. are oblivious i mean there are a certain section of people that do know this but it's it's still a very small number a very very small small number so i i have a i have a what if so like what if because, because you know, I, I also like to kind of think of this, uh, you know, life, this this human experience as almost like a roller coaster. In a sense, you live what you've watched as a kid. In a sense, uh, what you've learned as a kid, and uh, more and more people are getting, you know, programmed earlier and earlier with these TV shows. So, could you imagine that, uh, like, what if, like, like the the programming is actually part of the ride? So, like, yes. You, you, it programs like maybe negative things into your, into your reality, into your, your experience. But through that, you kind of learn that you, you're on a track in a self, in a sense. Like it, it's almost like a, a teaching experience too. Like, 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 like uh, let's say a simulation. Yeah. So we're talking simulation theory, which is kind of my, my understanding of it. Um, okay. So, you know, that. I mentioned it on, on again one of the videos. In fact, one of the most recent videos I did. Um, you probably watched it. Um, but basically, that you know, it's 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 full spectrum gameplay in motion. Yeah. Uh, but we uh, co, co collectively create mm -hmm. the actual full the, the full game itself, the full stage. We collectively create that. But individually, we we create our own. Uh, tunnel through it, I guess, if you like. Mm. You could call it a track, if you like. Um, but yeah, I, I agree in that sense, and I, I think that's what we what we have here. But it's just that if you're unaware of it, you know, it's it's like being given a game with no instructions, right? Yeah, you're going to fiddle around with it, and you might get somewhere with it, and it might be good and fun, or you know, it might be mediocre. You, you'll just do it anyway. But if you've got the the game, the the, the actual um, the instructions and, and perhaps some cheat codes for it, then you know you can you can make it work to a way that's more amenable to you. Mm. I I yeah I think I I really like the more I have these conversations, the more and more I kind of see uh, the the life experience as that. Like it, it is this. Uh, like at first it kind of starts you on, you know, this, 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 you know, you go through the cycle of school uh, and then eventually you graduate through that. And then you, you kind of like graduate onto a bigger loop 
And eventually you get let off the loop into a larger one, which is like college slash whatever loops that are, or, or programs that have been installed throughout your, uh, your childhood, or maybe your, uh, maybe your parental uh, programming kicks in. And so you start to loop in the history of your, your family. And it's, it's your soul's job, or I, I think it is, for, my, my, for me it was, uh, it was my soul's job to to realize that I was I was I was destined to become my dad if I didn't start questioning the things around me. Yeah. And um, you know, I I was doing, you know, I break down words too and I, I was breaking down my first name. And my first name is Gregory. And uh, my dad's first name is Greg. And so like if you even look at that word like Gregory, it's Greg or why. I will become Greg if I don't start asking why. And <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And I feel like once I started asking questions about my reality and starting to dig and uh, starting to shrug off a lot of these old fear-based uh, beliefs, uh, I, I started to open up a lot of doors to my reality and I realized that, like, yeah, this is, this is definitely a controlled experience. The roller coaster starts off really slow at first to where, like, what you're, what you're projecting into your reality, it comes slowly. So that you can can ingest as much information as possible, but I think this thing of uh, what people keep talking about the singularity is when like imagine imagine it not like a global event. Think of it like a personal event in a sense. Like you reach a data singularity where where your internal knowledge hits full, and not full, but like enough in a sense. And at that point, like you you are free. If if you have the ability to to make your own decisions, but you're free to to now, like I said, it, it go through the the multiverse of of ideas and and projections and and what if scenarios that you have internalized just through uh, your experiences walking through a human. I feel like that a lot of people um, don't get that experience because they they never start walking their own path. And so in intact, they, they just stay in this loop. And for some young souls, I, I believe that that's okay. Like, you know, that's, it's part of their journey. Like, yes, it's hard, but like, I believe this, this ability to go into the singularity, this ability to, to uh, connect with, with the large, with the universe at large through the human vessel is a, uh, is a gift. And I think that not everybody can, uh, not every soul is mature enough to handle that gift. And I think one of the biggest things about it is being able to find your light in the darkness uh, without being able, like anyone really directly telling you how to play this game. And so yeah. um, I, I, I just like, like I said, the more, the more I've been uh, doing the studies, the more I see it as, as this self encapsulated roller coaster ride and not in a bad way. Um, I don't, I don't mean to rant for a minute, but that's, that's all right. That's okay. It's not a problem. No, it's, 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 I think, to a large degree, that's that's all correct. But at the same time, I can't help thinking there is something else moving things around that that shouldn't be moved around because of the programming and the conditioning. I, I know what you're saying about the whole thing in the you know in the beginning things start off slow and then you kind of have an awakening of a certain level and things change and then it starts to happen all the more. And you know, you when you start to see synchronicity after synchronicity um i don't know if your viewers will know what synchronicities are yeah they do. 
yeah so so synchronicities happen at such a rate it's like they're, they're daily phenomenon they just happen all the time you know i could be speaking something and it could just appear like in front of me or you know i remember once i was i was in la by thinking about what i could do for my next video and i was just sat in my van on a, on a hillside like really steep hill uh and i was sat there facing one way and then this this lorry had pulled up overnight and i wakes up in the morning and the, the, the thing with the video I was thinking of doing, I didn't actually do the video in the end, but it, it, was, it was something about being a lion, not a lamb. Uh, and so I opened my door in the morning, stepped out of my van, and there's a big glory with the word lion on the side of it. Wow. Uh, you know what I mean? It's that kind of stuff that happens. All the, it's not like I'm, I'm going out and seeing it. Like it, it just appears in front of me sometimes, you know? Naturally, yeah. Mm -hmm. Without me even like going anywhere or doing anything. It's just like, bam, there it is. It's like... And and I believe I believe the when when you're seeing those those synchronicities, that's how you know you're on your created timeline. You know what I mean? Like that's like a I don't know how to explain. It. Like because because I've seen negative synchronicities. Oh yeah, I've, I've had negative ones. Uh, believe me, I've had those too. You know, you you get good ones, you get bad ones. I mean, they're, they're neither good nor bad. They're just showing you that what you're projecting. Is, is 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 having some an effect you know um because it is largely what you're projecting it just shows you it's a sign to say look you are you're correct whatever you're thinking is because of your thinking it you know uh, or feeling it yeah yeah I think and also i think also the, the the thinking and the feeling bit is actually quite important because mm -hmm. if you're having a bad day and you continue down that route of a bad day it just gets worse and worse and worse and the more you feel bad the more it gets worse you know, I still have days like that. I haven't fully taken off the training wheels yet, I don't think, mm -hmm. in terms of all that. But I think that there is something to that because it happens so often to me. You know, well, uh, I, can't, I can't explain why or how, but it happens a lot. I, I, well, I think um, I, I've noticed, like, I, I started reading this uh, or, or I was listening to this audio book. Uh, it, it's, it's, what is it called? Let me see if I can find the name of it. It's uh oh, it's called uh, the possibility principle of how quantum physics can improve the way you think, live, and love. That uh, that book can be found on on the internet. You could just listen to it. But what I'm trying to get at is uh, it, it brings up this this notion of you know us living in the quantum soup or the quantum environment, uh, and in our ability to uh, control uh, what we our projector, our quantum uh, field with our emotions and, 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 and with our the way we react because our our bodies are very focused on uh, or our bodies react a lot and yeah. well, uh, well if you think about if you think about it like this the central nervous system um it's it is a, it's, it's part of the brain um hmm. so you've got the the body brain let's call it which is the knee-jerk reaction type thing some people might call it the, the reptilian thing but it's all linked into the nervous system because um, we all have this so-called like layers of the brain uh, and the, the first one was the R, the R complex which is called the reptilian brain <clears throat> and that's where all the knee-jerk reactions and the, the constant doing things on, on, route, uh, on routine happen because you know that's part of your subconscious you know and it's how that's been programmed to react to certain stimulus mm -hmm. you know uh, what you should fear and whatever and you know the media uses it to the nth degree to get people to do what they want just look around right now you can see that everywhere Everyone's scared of something that doesn't exist, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to mention its name. 
anyway but you know what i'm talking about sure so do. so anyways um yeah on that level is, is is the problem for most people i think if you know when you when you awaken and it has been for me you know i still react in certain ways to certain situations because i've kind of either programmed myself or been programmed at that level to be like that yeah you know, i'm not completely fear free free of fear you know i still have my ups and my downs just like anybody else but i i'm more aware of it than some ordinary everyday person who's just doing what they're told and doing what's expected of them mm-hmm. you know um i wouldn't i wouldn't put myself up in the ranks of any kind of guru or anything i just say say to people you know this is just like you've just got to take control of your own thinking and you know it it's an interesting it's an interesting experience to say the least you know it's it's, no day has been a dull day i can tell you that you know when especially being on the road there is no there is no dull day as such even when it's gray and raining you know something there's always something you know yeah i i think i think you actually hit on something uh pretty important and i think uh it's just like thinking about it in the simplest terms of like guys when when you see yourself heading down that that like dark day like when one bad things happen and then you're just like oh now my day is is it sucks and you know you start to to fall into that chain reaction of like a, just a down day um you know one of the things that you can do is is try to slow slow yourself down so you're no longer reacting to the bad day that's happening in front of you yeah. and um you can start you can start actively trying to focus on the positive and eventually the momentum will will break on that like feeling of like i'm having a bad day so like i'm at least can I tell you a little story about momentum? Oh, sure, sure, yeah, yeah. It's a synchronicity story. Uh, okay. Something happened to me uh, a few years ago, and I was thinking about my business. My business was property uh, maintenance and, and that kind of thing, and cleaning. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, I was sat, because I had to wait for uh, uh, the, the uh, utilities provider to come and sort the electric meter out. Okay. So I was just up the side of a hill. It's funny, that. Things happen on the side of the hill quite a lot. Um, anyway, so I'm sat on the side of the hill. And I'm thinking about my business. And I said, I need to get some momentum going. And as I said that, some a bike came, a push bike, uh, just a pedal cycle came zooming down this hill. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And within a few seconds, within a few seconds of that, somebody had parked their vehicle a little way from mine, just up the hill. I'm sat there. And I felt this thump at the back of my van. And lo and behold, it was the car, the handbrake had failed, and it ran straight into the back of my van. I mean, wow. <laughs> how about thinking about momentum, and then all of a sudden, those two things happen straight away. That's, that's a proper synchronicity, you know? That's, oh, uh, yeah. Can't argue with that one. Um, yeah. But, yeah, the momentum you were speaking of a minute ago, I just wanted that as a, so people would get the idea of the synchronicities that I have. But, um, yeah, going on what you said about the... The momentum of, of your your emotional state yeah i think meditation can be helpful yeah you know the, the there are all kinds of meditations out there that you can use i mean i've got one but you know each to their own whatever they want to do i think breathing slowly if you can get yourself into the mode of doing that in the first place because sometimes that's even a struggle it depends on what kind of situation you're facing um so you couldn't blanket turn it and go right everybody stop meditate you know if you're in a situation that you can't do that wait until you can get into a situation where you can 
you know? Yeah. It's that, that conscious knowing that like, okay, I need to, I need to calm down. Uh, yeah. One of, one of the easiest ways I've, I've found to, uh, to break. Cause, uh, cause I, you know, I used to have PTSD. I used to get, I used to get like really bad panic attacks. Mm-hmm. And, um, one of the ways that I, uh, like, cause I could meditate at first. I, I, I just couldn't calm myself down enough. Uh, one of the ways that really broke ground for me was, uh, when, when I realized that you can focus on your breath. Like, I know people say that and they're like, what do you mean? So when, when you're calming yourself and you're steadying yourself, just literally focus all of your attention on feeling your breath and, and like just the act of breathing. Don't try to control it. Just notice it and, and kind of be with it. Well, and, I, I, and that I, will help ground you too. I always struggled with that particular part of it. I have to say, I, I, I always tend to struggle with that. So I use it in a different way because it, it works either way. If you can just notice it, I, I get that that works too. Mm-hmm. But also notice that if you if you have like me, if somebody, if, for example, when I first started out doing meditation, it'd be like, now just notice the breath. And I, as soon as I notice it, my body goes into like I've got to control it somehow automatically. I don't know why that is. Yeah. So what I found is that in the meditation that I did recently, um, well, I've been doing it for quite a while, but I did it on uh, on a on a SoundCloud. Um, anyway. It's basically where you you can actually just like bring your breathing down to a, a, a nice steady pattern, you know. Um, so it's it's controlling your breathing, but it's it's actually calming the nervous system down by uh, a rhythmic motion of breath, you know, like three seconds in, three seconds out. It's just calm, you know. Yeah, the three seconds is probably my favorite. <laughs> just so you know, it's not. Yeah, I really feel like it lines up my heartbeat. Yeah, I mean, you, it's not difficult to do. I mean, some people say you can do that. There's one you can do where you, you breathe in for three seconds. No, you breathe in for five and then breathe, breathe out for three. Uh, or breathe in for two, hold for three, and then breathe out for, for three, right? So they become a bit complicated. And I just think you just do it rhythmically, you know, without all that complications. I think it works just as well. But if you can do the thing, I think, if, you, if you're good enough at that and you can actually go, right, okay, I can just observe the breath as they say then and fair play because it's something i can't do yet ah okay yeah i i but i think counting i think counting gives your your mind something to control because i think what it is is like because our brains always want to be doing something like either we're thinking about something thinking about thinking about something <laughs> uh controlling something or asking ourselves what if and i and i really feel like when we try to meditate if we don't give our brain something to kind of chew on like a, a, like something to ground itself. Yeah, it can kind of get a little. Yeah, it, goes a little, it, goes, <laughs> it can go a little wacky because you go off on all kinds of thinking tangents if you're not careful. Because you start having uh, images pop into your mind or just particular thoughts, and it was just like, and you and you you try not to get lost in it, but some sometimes you just go off on a tangent somewhere. And before you know, it, you're like, no, no, I'm supposed to be looking at my breathing, um, and it's it, it becomes a bit of a. Oh, it's, it's just like it's such a, sometimes it's such a hard task if you're in the wrong space, you know? Yeah. Right. I, I noticed that when when I started doing that, my brain would run away because I'm, I'm a very visual, uh, like, like you know, visual person when I, when I meditate. But I would go off and, yeah, I would just, like, start watching movies in my head. And I had to realize that, like, that's just my brain wanting to hang out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, like, after a while, I started to, because, to, like I said, I'm very visually based. So like I gave my brain 
like an avatar, like a, like just something to, to kind of be. And he, instead of like me kind of like being inside of the movie, it was more of like my, my brain presenting like a sphere that was like a crystal ball that was the movie that it was trying to show me. And I realized that like I could talk to him and I could just be like, okay, hey, like I want to hang out in the movie, but I kind of want to focus on something else right now. And like I would have this whole visual conversation in my head and he would like laugh and he'd put away the crystal ball and he'd do something else. And I'm like, all right, hey, like, you know, let's let's hang out with the breath. And so like I would have like a visual representation of the breath and he would play with it. And so he would stop with the movies. Like it's all your own personal way. That's the big thing. You have to figure out how your brain works and yeah. and what, what best entertains it. Because mine, you know, is visual and, and so it likes visual treats. Yeah. But yours, you know, it, it, it could be a million different ways. Yeah, I mean, that, that time is important. Saying about the meditation with the breath uh, that I, I, I put up recently, you know, I the idea is that you imagine the, the top of your head, the crown and, and the root of you, yeah? So you, you basically imagine as you breathe in, there's, there's like energy, whatever shape and form that takes for you, you know, you, you imagine it coming up to meet the heart, you hold it there, and then you imagine it going out again, the same way it came. So it's 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 an interesting one. It's almost counterintuitive to some people, but it does keep things straight. You know, it just keeps yeah. when you're doing it, it just keeps you in that that mode. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I noticed that one of my one of my big barriers for getting into like visual meditations was like uh, I I kept wanting to control what I was seeing. So, like, because I'm so used to, like, watching TV or uh, cartoons, like, I expect my imagination to kind of have, like, one art style or, like, you know what I mean? Like, for everything to kind of look consistent, but it doesn't. Nice. And so, uh, at first, like, I'd be like, well, that's not what it's supposed to look like. That's not what it's supposed to look like. And, and then, like, that, that internal struggle or, or control would, would kind of stifle my visualization process. And uh, after a while, like, letting, like, telling myself, like, hey, like, it's okay for it to look like whatever, because, you know, I started to realize that, you know, my visuals were just my brain trying to make sense of something that doesn't have a picture. And uh, that really freed me up in my, that, that, that freed, that opened the Pandora's box to visualization for me. And I was just like, okay, I won't control what, what pictures you see, but I'll ask you for pictures that I like, uh, or I'll ask you for, uh, I'll tell you with my words. And then you tell me with the pictures, what you, what you get. And, and me and my brain have been talking that way. Uh, and, and you know, it's just building that communication. Yeah. Speaking of uh, vi- visualization, mm-hmm. I watch. I don't know if you've ever heard of a guy called Bashar or Daryl Anker who channels Bashar. Yeah, you've heard great. of him, right? I love his stuff. His stuff is great. He, yeah. he put it. He put it like this. What you? Um, I, I thought it was so good. I posted it up. He said basically, when you're visualizing, it doesn't mean that what you're seeing is what you is exactly what you get. It's, it's simply a symbol for what you want you know even if you're talking about thinking inside mentally that even that doesn't necessarily come out like you want it it's like trying to draw on a piece of paper you know unless you're a a, like a a top grade artist which i'm not it's going to look like a child's drawing because it's you know it's just a symbol yeah it's just a symbol Mm -hmm. you know i I, when i was uh, living in a caravan on the back uh, the back of a farm um i did this this i i drew what i wanted as an experiment to see if anything would happen and I was currently at the point in the farm I was staying in a barn which was uh, 
inhabited by various different animals, bats, uh, a swallow, uh, and all sorts of other things. Anyway, it was getting uncomfortable. <laughs> I drew the caravan, and I drew me in it, and I drew me sitting there with my laptop, and a little smokestack sticking out the top, and those things all happened. You know, I had to go and ask the farmer if I could use his, his caravan. The caravan was full of junk at the time. And, uh, but he, he was like, yeah, no problem, we'll, we'll move it. And we, we winched it, like, using this really small winch thing. It take, took, like, hours to move this thing, like, 50 yards. It wasn't oh. probably about 50 yards, but we had to put it into such a position so it couldn't be seen from the road because he didn't want anybody knowing that there was somebody living there because of the laws and things. Anyway, so we did that, and then a friend out of the blue called me and says, oh, you're in that caravan, you're going to, you know, because I, I, I'd been thinking, now, how am I going to get, the, the wood burner, which is what the smokestack re represented. Okay. Um, yeah, and my friend called me out of the blue and he says, oh, you're, it's going to get cold soon, you're going to need a, a wood burner in that caravan of yours. And he lived like 20 miles away uh, from where I was staying. And he said, uh, yeah, um, I've got one that I don't need. It's coming out of one of my caravans. He's got like six caravans on his site and they're just like, you know, ones that he's lived in. Um, so he didn't need it anymore. So he said, but, you know, you can have it if you can come and move some logs for me. So I moved about a ton of wood, um, and the, the wood burner was mine. And so everything nice. I've drawn in the picture came to fruition. Yeah. It's just amazing how that happens, you know, it, it really is. I, mean, I think the visualization thing is important, and it doesn't necessarily have to be accurately representing what you want. Uh, accurately depicting it, shall I say, it's just a representation uh, in the simple of what it's you want. The, it's the intent. It's the intent. The intent and, of and, and that's how, and that's how the, and see, this is one of the biggest things that I've been trying to explain to people how magic truly works is, is it, there is, magic has a beautiful unspoken language called symbology that your body and your mind can do. Uh, and when you write it down, like when you, when you create the pictures, what you made was technically, like I would call it a hyper sigil is, it's, it's a sigil. Yeah. It's, it's an idea that you had or, or some, a want. And you you made it into the physical and like whether you were passively or actively focusing on it, just the fact that you drew it, like it, it was like a super magnet and it and it draws that event to you. And so like what I do with my art is the same thing. And I'm doing that uh for myself, obviously, and and, and those who, you know, are into that stuff. Uh, there, but, is power, there is certainly power in the intention because I said to you before about uh, the the no money journey that I, I went on and, and you know I kind of in the back of my head had oh it might might last two maybe three years and it was precisely two and a half years that it lasted you know so that was an intent uh, and there's a saying uh, but the people have got it wrong right the, the road to hell was paved with good intentions yes that may be true but the road to road to heaven was paved with great ones ooh that's a good one that's mine you can't have that. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. it's true. If you have a great, <laughs> a great intensity of in, intention, I think that is more powerful than just like going, "Oh, I'd like it to happen." You know, you, that's a good intention, whereas a great one is has got power behind it. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I, when when I first started my uh, my awakening and, and got in contact with my higher self, um, and and, and really started down this uh, this project of of like connecting worlds and like building a multiverse uh when 
Yeah, when I was told to do this, uh, pretty much I was, it was like he, it was, it was telling me to build an arc in a sense. And, and not like a, a physical one, though, a mind arc, like a, an arc of ideas. And um, one of the big things that my higher self kept hammering me about was like, always think as big as you can. Like, if you, if you think your thought is bigger, like big, biggest, think, think of it bigger. And like, think of how it could connect bigger. And he was saying to me to, to use like the, the basic laws of the universe, um, which you can get from like the Emerald Tablets of Toth. Uh, but they're 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 basic stuff, uh, and and you but but you can just kind of conceptualize like how to think bigger if you can understand that the universe is fractalized, uh, and and once you uh, kind of internalize that you can you can really get to a a point where you're thinking on a a very large scale a large macro micro scale, uh, and that's when you kind of start getting into that that quantum level thinking, and uh, I think that once once society gets a uh, you know gets a hold of this information, I, I think a, a lot of people are gonna run with it. Um, I don't think everyone will. Uh, I don't think it's for everyone. I just think there are some people that are, they're born to be well, as I call them, muggles. Yeah. I, I use the term muggle just for anybody that doesn't know know me or know anything about me. I've taken my name from Harry Potter. Um, because I, I see people, ordinary people, everyday people, as those that cannot see the magic, you know, uh, and this is what we're talking about, really. And to them, that's that would be like magic. How did you do that kind of thing? Um, but they, they cannot see the magic that's being either performed around them or on them, uh, for, for the most part, you know, through the programming and all this kind of stuff. They just cannot see it. And so I got tired of being, because I went on to a, a website and... Mm. I was, I think it was called D Live, and I was, I called myself Muggle Master at the time. I was a bit, you know, silly name really. Just, I just thought of it. I thought I'll put that up there, and I'd, t- I'd talk to people on there, and they kept shortening it to Muggle, precisely what I wasn't, right? In my, <laughs> you know, that's what I didn't want to be called. It's like, no, no, you have to say the whole thing, but nobody got it, and I kept saying it, so I just changed it to Muggsy, because it just, just seems a lot better. Yeah, <laughs> that's so funny though. <laughs> it's sorting down even still now, sometimes to mugs, which is not so bad. So you know, but uh, yeah, that's how my name came about. Just so that you, your folk know. Boom, and and hopefully we'll we'll see a lot more of you on the show as well. Uh, yeah, we, we, we were thinking about having a few extra conversations monthly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> about to take that that Muggsy monthly subscription. Uh, I'm gonna have to get one of those. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I don't have any subscription things going. Um, all of my stuff I just do because I want to do it. Um, I'd like to try and make some system credits, as I call them. <laughs> you know that because it's you, you. You kind of have to have them to do things in this this realm, so to speak. True. But, um, you know. I, I do have things out there that I do, you know, like I, I, I make, um, well, I make designs and they go onto like a t-shirt website and stuff, which has not been particularly successful, I have to say, but, you know, if anybody wants anything doing, I can, you know, do something, you know, um, but yeah. You, so you can make shirts? I don't make the shirts myself, you know, I'm not sat in the back of my van making shirts, but uh, they go onto it like a third party site, the designs yeah. that and then they you know you can order them on online and have them shipped to wherever 
Yeah, I, I've been considering like uh, making some of these like episode covers into like just the, like a shirt series, like a clothes series. Yeah, you know? that, that's easily doable. You just find a third party site. There's, I've heard Threadless is quite good, which is one of the ones I'm using. And then there's Redbubble, but Redbubble I'm not very happy with because they censored some stuff that I put on there. Uh, um, you know, there was one with a, a, a V for Vendetta face on it and a, and a Q uh, symbol um, uh, in, in Google colours. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that they banned it. It, there was, it's, it's quite innocuous as a, as a, as a symbol. Right? Yeah, there's some hurt, yeah. And that, but they, they banned it. They, told, they, 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 they removed it and told me, be careful or you'll lose your account. I'm like, really? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Whatever. You know, so I, I don't use that site so much now because it's, you know, it's just become incredibly, incredibly sensitive. You know, yeah. I did put a couple of anti-vax things on there, which they removed as well. So they're, they're, they're watching my account now. So I, I have to be very careful what I do. So I'm now using Threadless, but I'm having issues with the sizing and things on, on the website itself. But um, I'll figure that at some point and... Uh, and I'll get some more stuff designed, but um, okay. yeah, I mean, with that, I mean, I obviously do the video stuff as well, which I do because I like to do it. Um, yeah, I mean, mostly I do stuff because I like to do it. That's that's what it boils down to. It's not for the money. Yeah. It does help, of course, but you know, it's just one of them. You can't you got you can't live with it. You can't live without it, can you? That's true. But you can, but you can at the same time, but not if you want to do things living in a van, for example. You know, I'm not prepared to do the on foot thing. I'm getting a bit older now, so it's just like, yeah, I don't want to do that now. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know, it is it is possible, but just not in a van. There's no, I don't think there's any possible way that you could do it, not at this level at least, anyway, it, w- without some some money, you know. So yeah, well, you know, you you proved to yourself and to the world, in a sense, to your to your universe that like you can do it. And and yeah. now now that you you've proven to yourself that you can do it, you can choose to like interact with it at your leisure. You know what I mean? You're not dependent on it, and that's the thing. And, and I think that's a beautiful. Uh, I think that that was a beautiful experience that uh, not a lot of people, uh, you know, have thought to experience. So I, you know, hats off to you on that one for sure. Yeah, I don't think I was ever the only person that, that did, uh, has ever done that, though, to be honest. I mean, not many people would, would think to do that, but um, I've heard that there are other people that have, have been out and done that themselves. And Oh, yeah. It doesn't last forever because, you know, we've got to face the reality that we're in, you know, you get, you're going to get to a certain age and that's just not going to be possible because, you know, you're going to get to a certain age and, and uh, you know, working every day of your life to get by, you know, subsistence living is what they call it. Mm. It's going to be be possible, you know. And who's going to look after you when you when you're old and grey? Let's say, you know. Exactly, exactly. And if you don't have the survival skills or a plan, or I mean, if you, if you if you got really good at connecting to higher self and doing all this other spiritual stuff, maybe just maybe you could do that and magically make things happen in a way that you know you hadn't thought of doing before. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But from the reality point I'm at, you know, there's no way that I could perceive that being possible for me right now. So. I have to use system credits to put diesel in the tank, you know, petrol in the generator, gas on the stove, um, and all the maintenance that goes with the vehicle. You know, it's it's not a cheap thing to do. I mean, I used to think, oh, because I've lived in a van once before, but not quite like this. Um, but I thought it would be, you know, cheaper than living in, let's say, a flat that I used to live in, right? But it's it's no different. 
in fact it's probably a bit more expensive because i don't know if you know much about uk but in the uk it's this vehicle let's say is a very old vehicle it's very odd looking and it's like marmite have you heard of heard of marmite no no okay marmite's like a yeast extract thing and and it's their slogan is love it or hate it right (laughs) all right quite a bitter taste right so it's one of those things ah. you either like or you don't um so yeah the analogy is lost on, on on obviously the us people but anybody in the uk would know what i mean by that but this van is kind of you love it or you hate it so that coupled with the fact that it's kind of people aren't keen on people living in vans put it that way it's not like in the us you probably see people living on the side of roads and all sorts of things that i would i would think but over here, it's just not necessarily the done thing. So you tend to have to hide away. You don't stay in one place for too long because, you know, you, you, you get attention from the wrong kind of people and then that can be a problem, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I've, because of this whole uh, scenario that's playing out right now in the world, uh, I've, I've been stopped by the police a few times, you know, to ask what am I doing here because I... My, my registration plate is at, is well out of county because I'm no I'm nowhere near where I you know where I where I registered my vehicle. Yeah. Uh, and so they're like, what are you doing here? You know, so I live in my van. And they said, where were you last night? I said, well, somewhere down the road there. I don't know. I don't take any notice of the road signs. You know, and it, it's it's just it gets a bit much, especially in this kind of time. Yeah. Any yes. other day of the week, it would be quite so much of a problem, but because you know they're they're, they're all like twitchy about people being in the wrong place and all that kind of stuff it's just like it's been quite difficult but i mean even on an ordinary day of the week you still can't stick around too long in one place because people get twitchy you know because they they're like who's this strange van as i said yeah. it's a very odd looking little thing it's not like a panel van it's like um it's a coach back with a small van front basically it's really weird looking um, and it's about 30 years old. So you can imagine people seeing it for the first time. They're like, what the heck is that? Or, wow, that's cool. You know, you get two different reactions from people. And so I could be uh, parked up somewhere and at like seven o'clock in the morning, somebody will come past my van driving on the road, sounding their horn very loudly for a prolonged amount of time in an effort to wake me up because they don't like the fact that I'm sleeping in a van. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you get people beep you uh, as they go by because they think your van's cool. Because I, I saw somebody today, I was like, I was, I just thought start off with when I when I heard them beeping, I'm like, oh, go away. And I turned around, and he got his thumb up out the window. I'm like, oh, so that, that that was a different thing. Oh, sorry, because you can't always tell just from a beep. And sometimes you can, but sometimes the beep can mean, you know, two different things. Right, right. You you're doing mental somersaults with it sometimes because you're trying to work out is somebody being aggressive towards me or, or not so yeah it's, it's not always a case of just rocking up somewhere you know especially with this kind of thing mm-hmm. so i actually i have a i have a question more on the on the spiritual side because uh we we kind of talked on it for like a quick second but uh i think it's a subject that we haven't really i haven't really covered on my show much and that would be about the archons what do you think slash know what is your experience with the archons what do you what is your what are your opinions well i i have not possibly researched it to be fair mm-hmm. but i have done some surface scratching so to speak okay so well, feel free to be wrong it's totally cool 
Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I don't know what they are either. Let's let's just let's talk about. I mean, that. basically, the way I see it is, it's like, um, how can I explain this? So you've got us on the physical level, then ah. you've got us on the spiritual level, okay, and then you've got a kind of shell or a filter between the spiritual level and the upper spiritual levels, okay. Uh, and the archon sort of exists at that point between that and what you might call the wider dimension. I, I can I can only call it that. And at that okay. point, archons are there manipulating this particular part of the, the dimension. It's almost like it's been put in a bubble, right? Yeah. Uh, and so they're just on the outside of the bubble, uh, tinkering with the bubble. So whatever happens to the bubble happens inside the bubble, you know? Yeah, yeah. Sense and that's I can't I can't say well they look like reptilians or they because I don't think that's how it works. I think it's just an energy. Yeah. And I learned yeah. a new word, I learned a new word recently, um, to the same ends. Uh, something called Watiko. Hmm. It's a Native American thing, it's from what I know, uh, and it's, it's like an, an evil kind of spirit type thing. Okay. Uh, oh, Wittico. Wittico, yeah. Okay, when, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm tracking. Yeah, so, yeah, I think it's the same kind of thing as that. And again, I don't know much about Watiko. I just I just discovered the word uh, the other day, so it's just interesting. And I uh, kind of put it as, as an akin to this Archon thing that's in, you know, it's in different religions as different things, you know. It's like in Islam, it's the, the jinn. Uh, in, in Christianity, it's devil. In... Uh, in all sorts of other things, it's it's got different names, you know. It's like yeah. native things got Watiko, so it's it's all one of the same energy. Mm. Whether that that is part of the game in itself, that we're yeah. playing, or whether that's something that's come came in and influenced our game, like a hacker, yeah, is, is, is hacking a system. It could be that. I can't say for sure. Hmm. I, I, I like to think of them like, well, at first I thought of them as adversarial because I didn't understand what I was, like, understanding. <laughs> and so I, I saw them as, like, because I came out of, uh, uh, you know, a Christian upbringing. So at first it was, you know, there were devils or demons. And uh, after, you know, doing my research and my homework, my due diligence, I realized that, yeah, they, they are a force. Of a, of a negative orientation, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're bad either. Uh, they may do things that we may perceive as non-pleasurable, but that's just from our perspective. Um, you know, since since moving out of duality, I, I kind of realized that the archons are more akin to like a uh, like a way to control the force or, or like the the. If you can conceive of like our thoughts or our consciousness as a endless ocean of possibilities, the things yeah. that would actually like push the flow of those endless possibilities would be the archons. They would be like this this negative force that is controlling the flow of consciousness. And that's not necessarily a good or a bad thing, but they do control the flow of thought. And I think that when people start to conceptualize what it like what these archons are, like these demons or these negative thoughts or this negative force, it is with inside of you because everything is within you. And so if you, you kind of keep that uh, Do you think all, all of your thoughts are your own or do you think that some thoughts can be implanted? 
Well, I, I, I don't think we think any of our own thoughts. I think that our our body is a uh, is a is like a like an antenna. It's a, it's tra- it's getting thoughts. It's like a, yeah, it just it picks them up. And I think that our higher self has a signal, and I believe that the archons or like negative other vibrations also have signals. And depending on your vibration or what you you uh, are attuned to as a person, your vessel is attuned to, is the is the frequency or the thoughts that you're going to be picking up. Uh, I'm I'm starting to hear some feedback going on. Is that is that yours or on my side? Uh, I think it might be my side. Just hang on a second. Is that any better? It's still I'm still hearing some like static. Oh, it's starting to go down a little bit. I, I can't hear it anymore. Is that better? Yeah, but I can still hear it a little bit. Ah, okay. Um, let's give me a second. I'm just trying to adjust something. Hang on. Sorry about this, folks. Being it's a little difficulties. It all it happens all the time. Uh, they're just gremlins. The gremlins. The gremlins. We're talking about the good stuff. That's all. <laughs> yes. Yes. But uh, yeah, when 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 you start to conceptualize that 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 force as uh, you know, a way of of controlling thought, um. You you can almost like see them as you know as chess pieces or or like as a way to uh, to block off certain modes of thinking because you you get to start to choose uh, what is positive and negative for you. So like uh, in some in some esoteric studies, like the archons or the demons are connected to what we would perceive as angels or like a, a higher you know the seraphim force or you know there's a million different names for it, but the negative also has the positive force. And that positive thing is the thing that it draws your consciousness towards it. And so, if you if you're if you're able to to do the inner work and conceptualize what your inner archons are, your inner negatives are, and your inner positives that you want are, you can actually like construct a flow of thought. Um, the the thing is though, our society has picked our archons for us, and uh, and they continue to try to pick. Our archons for us, and um, the big thing is that we have to take our power back, because uh, like I said, that negative force is usually fear-based, um, and you could, if you dissolve the fear based off of uh, the unknowing, because that's all fear is, is, is the fact that you don't understand something, uh, you fear it, you fear the unknown most, uh, you dissolve that fear, and then you dissolve that, uh, that pull or push that the archon has over your consciousness. Um, it's almost like like diluting it's uh it's yeah i mean we, 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 we are you. from birth conditioned for certainty yeah like we all we all want certainty we, we need to i mean i i'm the same i want to be certain that if i hand my vehicle over to somebody for example to fix it that they're going to fix it right simple simple thing but um through all of your life you, you're kind of fixated on certainty when when in fact in actual fact nothing is truly certain you know, mm-hmm. nothing is truly 100% guaranteed in this life at all. You know, unless you are of such such mind that you can make it that way. Um, but generally speaking, for everybody every day, the the irony thing, ironic thing is, you know, we're conditioned for certainty. But at the same time, there is no certainty in all that. You know, it's just it's a crazy kind of insane thinking, really. Mm-hmm. And see, and I and I think that that condition to certainty, if you kind of reflect on 
that uh, that that mindset that we are the ones projecting our reality in our cell in our in our sense our archons are our certainty. It's the things that like I don't know how to explain it, but like they're they're the things that we know definitely we don't want. <laughs> yeah. And, and and like um and so like that that's almost like the thing that makes barriers in our world and um like hard to soften it, it, I, maybe i'm not conceptualizing it very well with my words here uh but what i'm trying to get at is that like maybe uh what we believe are boundaries maybe aren't boundaries and i and i think that's what kind of separates the material world from the world of thought in the world of thought, anything goes. Like you can think of a horrible thought for a second, and and you know it's relatively okay. Um, but once you you do something in finality, in the finite, like that's just permanent, and you'll probably go to jail if it's bad. So <laughs> yeah. like, and so it's just it's it's very interesting because like when when the physical world starts to reflect the world of thought more, like we start getting like weirder and weirder distortions. And so what we're seeing in, in reality right now with, uh, you know, the way the world is kind of going, we're seeing a, like a wave of like lawlessness, a wave of like where we used to think things were barriers of, of like, you can't do these things. Like you can't fight, you can't loot, like you, you can't hurt other people, you can't murder. Like these things that we were told we can't do or we shouldn't do, we ought not, are happening in front of our faces. And so the boundaries of what we believed were like the things that just ought not happen are starting yeah. to happen all all over in in ways that we weren't expecting it. And so I believe, in a sense, like that's our matrix at our very foundations getting shooken up. Um, our duality at our core is being uh, shaken up by our world events, and and I think that's very interesting to see, like what will be the new the new normal. And I think that's what, what our our old gods are fighting for right now. now is can I just can I just, can I just say something about the phrase you just used? Sure. The new normal, right? No. There is never anything normal about anything new. True. That's a phrase that I hate. It's like the stay safe one, right? You know, what do you tell a dog? Stay, don't move, right? And you'll be safe. It's 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 word magic. It's it's mind control. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, this is how that's being used in the terms of language, going back to what we were saying earlier on. You know, that those phrases are said because they have an impact, uh, regardless of how much sense they make or not. You know, new people like new things, right? So they go, oh, new normal. You know, maybe not straight away, but eventually they come to, oh, oh this, is, this is how it should be, right? It's, it's, it's mind control, essentially. Yeah, I, 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 if you break it down that way, in a sense, it, it's like the the controllers that be saying like, "Here's the new loop that we want to put you in." Mm -hmm. uh, in the way that I'm trying to say it, though, because we can take back our words here, or we could we could reassign definitions. For me, a new normal would be a new way of thinking, a new normal way of thinking, which is uh, in that in that more quantitative, flexible mindset. The well, new you can say. We could say a new usual, maybe. Maybe you. Ooh, still... I like that better. Okay, the new usual. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay, the new usual. I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely gonna write that down just so. You know. <laughs> so yeah, um, we had the whole stay safe thing, and we we're over over here. We're getting the hands, face, face, and all this kind of messaging coming across, and it's just like it's got, it drives me nuts. It's just like, really. 
But anyway, I'm not going to get into that subject right now because it's uh, yeah. But uh, I, I have a I have a theory about something that maybe we can bring up on the next time we talk. Um, okay. But maybe you can do some research. I am going to go shortly, so I'll, I'm going to leave you with this. Sure, sure. Um, but I, I was researching. Uh, do you know about CERN? The I forget what it stands for. It's in uh, Switzerland and border. It's a ring um, yep. accelerator that yes. borders uh, France and Switzerland. Mm-hmm. Uh, Seventeen kilometers long. Mm-hmm. And there was an interesting statue erected uh, in, I believe, 2012. And it's uh, what's the name of the statue? Oh, I've forgotten the name of it now. It's the Hindu, uh, uh, the destroyer. Um, what's the name Kali of it? Destroyer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but th- it was erected in 2012. Mm-hmm. And I have my own theories, and maybe we can discuss it uh, next time around. But go and have Ooh. a look. Uh, and maybe you want to look up the, such things as the Mandela effect, maybe. But it'll be okay. an interesting conversation, I have to say. Oh, definitely. Uh, I've I've done quite a bit of research into CERN, and and I I, I feel like brushing up on it uh, since the last time I've checked it would be uh, would be a blast for one because I know that they have recently done an upgrade with the Large Hadron Collider. Yeah. And, um. And, and and yeah, they they are doing some some. Some spooky quantum things with some particles over there, and uh, yeah, yeah they're they talking about building like bridges into into the dark matter, and uh, it's very very interesting. It's very very uh, curious, isn't it? Yes, and that, I think that's definitely a good conversation topic for another time. Uh, yeah. I would love to get into that. Ooh. So, um, so I, I will leave it for now. Um, I will uh, sign off, let's say, um, but it's been great being on. It's been Thank fun. you for your time. Uh, uh, and your story is definitely uh, is, is going to be definitely inspirational for uh, a lot of those guys out there that are doing it their own way for the first time. So thank you again for sharing your experience. Um, this has been episode number six. And thank you, Muggsy, for going on Dupes Closet. All right. Take care. See you all. I appreciate it. Be excellent to each other, always. Did you like what you heard on the podcast today? Did it inspire you? Do you want to be on the podcast? Well, if you do, here's a way to contact me. Contact me on dupescloset at gmail.com. That's D-O-O-P-S-C-L-O-S-E-T at gmail.com. Tell me who you are. Tell me a little bit about your story. And um, let's get to know each other. Let's get you on the show. I want to share your story um, so that it can be heard the way that you believe that it should be heard. We're here to make the new legends. We got to do it. One story at a time. Again, contact me at dupescloset at gmail.com.